Bug Radio. There's one mystery that no matter what, we will never be able to solve. And that's why haven't you been to Cummins Cafe Delights today? It's the best kept secret in Larchburg. You get one lunch break a day. Do you want to run somewhere and pick out a sandwich that's been sitting under a heat lamp for about an hour? I think the safe answer is no. That's why Cummins Cafe Delights is the best. Every sandwich is made to order. Not in the mood for a sandwich? That's okay. Cummins Cafe Delights has many flavored gourmet coffees. And they've got smoothies. Not a fan of coffee either? That's okay. They've got other stuff. Because guess what? They have sweets, cookies, you name it. They've got it. It's good. You deserve it. Treat yourself to only the best. Come in Cafe Delights. They even have local delivery. Big event coming up? Good news. They even cater. They're the only restaurant the Aftermath will endorse. Why? Because our listeners are the best. And they deserve the best. Cummins Cafe Delights, located at 31 East High Street in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Phone number 812 812- Five three seven one zero zero two. Tell them the aftermath sent you. are running a cycle on the news to where we almost become sick of them. Crimes and mysteries oftentimes end up never getting answered. Did the family get justice for their loved one? Was the accused even guilty? Welcome to the aftermath, where we try to answer some of the mysteries we forgot about due to life smacking us in the face with more happenings. Forgotten Story The Escape from Alcatraz In 1962, brothers John and Clarence Anglin, alongside Frank Morris, might have pulled off one of the greatest prison escapes in American history. The backstory. In his heyday, Alcatraz was the ultimate maximum security prison. Were they in there for murder? Were they in there for hijacking a plane? No. Brothers John and Clarence Anglin were serving sentences for bank robbery with a toy gun. It wasn't for the bank robbery. It was because they had already tried a prison escape and officials felt they were a higher risk. And that is why they were sent to Alcatraz. Because at that time, it was dubbed unescapable. The Anglins and Morris silently said, Wanna bet? The missing person. On June 12, 1962, the routine early morning bed check turned out to be anything but. The three convicts were not in their jail cells. John Anglin, his brother Clarence, and Frank Morris had escaped. In their beds were cleverly built dummy heads made of plaster, flesh tone paint, and real human hair that apparently fooled the night guards. The prison went into lockdown, and an intensive search began gathering the clues. The FBI were notified immediately and asked for help. The office in San Francisco set leads for officers nationwide to check for any records on the missing prisoners and their previous escape attempts. All three had made them. That was the reason they were sent to Alcatraz. It was the idea you could not succeed in escaping Alcatraz. You were in the middle of the water. The FBI also interviewed relatives of the men and compiled all their identification records and asked boat operators in the bay to be on a lookout for debris. Within two days, a packet of letters sealed in rubber and related to the men was recovered. Later, some paddle-like pieces of wood and bits of rubber inner tube were found in the water. A homemade life vest was also discovered washed up on Cronkite Beach, but extensive searches did not turn up any other items. 
Did you know? Originally, there were four men planned to make the escape. On the night of June 11, 1962, Morris, West, and the Anglins were set to make history. Four men. West made one crucial mistake. On the evening of June 11th, they were ready to go. The prison informant, though, did not have his ventilator grill completely removed and was left behind. The three others got into the corridor, gathered their gear, climbed up and out through the ventilator, and got onto the prison roof. Then they shimmied down the bakery smokestack at the rear of the cell house, climbed the fence, snuck to the northeast shore of the island, and launched their raft. West had noticed that the hole in his cell was crumbling, so he used cement to smooth over the sides. Unfortunately, the cement hardened and made the opening too small to fit through. By the time he managed to get through the hole, his partners were long gone. The preparations were complete, the men were ready to make their move, and on the night of June 11, 1962, Morris, West, and Anglin set out to make history. West, however, made that one crucial mistake and goes down as the one man left behind. West finally arrived on the roof. With nowhere to run and no way of leaving the island alone, West had no other option but to return to his cell. He would later cooperate fully with the investigators and provide them with every detail of the inmate's plan to avoid any punishment for his own involvement in the escape. What happens next remains a mystery. Or does it? Did they make it across the bay, get to Angel Island, and then cross Raccoon Strait into Marin County as planned? Or did the wind and waves get the better of them? the aftermath. Deputy U.S. Marshal Michael Dyke mentioned that in a 1962 escape attempt, a Norwegian freighter reported spotting what appeared to be a floating body in the ocean roughly 17 miles from the Golden Gate Bridge. According to the San Francisco Metro, a letter read, My name is John Angland. I escaped from Alcatraz in 1962 with my brother Clarence and Frank Morris. I'm 83 years old. I'm in bad shape. I have cancer. This forced the FBI to reopen the iconic cold case. The letter was sent to the San Francisco Police Department's Richmond Station in 2013, and it was later discredited. The evidence that changes it all. New evidence presented in a 2015 History Channel special shows a photo allegedly showing escape brothers John and Clarence Anglin in Brazil 13 years after the Great Escape. If the men are alive today, Frank Morris would be 90 years old, and John and Clarence Anglin would be 86 and 87 respectively. The evidence is offered up by the Anglin's nephew David, who is 48 years old, and Ken Widener, 54, who are featured in the History Channel special. The evidence has pumped life into the cold case, and investigators lining up for interviews and planning to search South America for signs of America's most notorious escapees. The documentary also provided a story, an accompanying photo from Fred Breezy, a family friend of the Anglins, claiming they were living in Brazil. Also, a deathbed confession from another Anglin sibling stated that the brothers had remained in contact from 1963 until 1987. Breezy's trip to Brazil. A photo taken by Fred Breezy provided evidence that the Anglin brothers may have made it to South America. Breezy was visiting Rio de Janeiro in 1975 when he ran into the Anglins standing by a farm. Breezy's trip to Brazil. Breezy took a photograph of the brothers, which he planned to show to the Anglin family to let them know their boys were alive. Because Breezy knew the investigation was ongoing at the time, he needed to wait until 1992 to send the photo to the Anglins. Breezy died a year later. Credibility in question. 
Even though Breezy's photo was absolutely the best actionable lead the FBI had, according to Deputy U.S. Marshal Art Roderick, the investigators had their doubts. Roderick added that it could still be a nice story, which isn't true. Another deputy marshal named Michael Dykes stated that because Breezy himself was a drug smuggler and a con man, authorities should be hesitant to trust his information. After all, he could just be trying to steer the investigation away from the Anglin's actual location. But Dyke had another lead in case he was trying to figure out, and the team tracked down an eyewitness who could help connect the clues. According to people who have seen and read the entire document, the deathbed confession was dictated to a nurse from a dying man who wanted to come clean about his role in the escape from Alcatraz. The dying man told the nurse he and accomplice... The dying man told his nurse... The dying man told his nurse he and an accomplice helped Frank Morris and the Anglin brothers escape from Alcatraz. The confession indicates that two men were waiting in a boat on the bay near Alcatraz the night the escape happened and they plucked the three convicts from the water and whisked them away. The confession is very detailed and it says the men painted the boat white just days before they set out to assist in the prison break. Robert Chichi was an off-duty San Francisco policeman sitting in his car just before midnight at the Marina Green that evening. He was gazing out of the bay when he noticed what he calls a quote pristine white boat. Chichi says he felt immediately something was wrong because he knew the boat had no light lights on, see anybody on the boat, and he couldn't hear any noise coming from the boat. But after watching the boat intently for several minutes, Chi-Chi said the light went on. He said somebody on the boat was shining a spotlight or flashlight into the water of the bay. It just didn't look right. I said, this is very unusual. It started moving out and the port and starboard lights came on. I couldn't tell whether it went north or south. It just disappeared into the dark. The next day, when Chi-Chi found out there had been an escape from Alcatraz, he went to work and filed a report about what he had seen. The FBI questioned Chi-Chi for days, and sometimes the interrogations got somewhat nasty. Chi-Chi has never told his story before, but he eventually told a news team, ABC7 reporter Dan Noyes, how the FBI agents asked him over and over again, what did you see? Where was it? What time was it, and even, how come you didn't swim out to check the boat out? Chi-Chi recalls one of the FBI agents said to him, hey, let's make this thing go away. Let's bury it. Michael Esslinger might have been a predominant scholar on Alcatraz and the 1962 escape. He has studied it for more than 30 years. He first became interested in Alcatraz when he was 11 years old and took a tour of the island. The author and historian has written two books about it, and he's working on a third. When asked about the deathbed confession and what Robert Chichi saw, he said, I don't know what he saw. I don't know if, in fact, the boat he saw was involved in the escape, but I don't think he's lying. He was a beat cop. He was a professional witness. He knew something didn't look right. Now, all these years later, the deathbed confession suggests that Chi-Chi saw what could have the boat that was there to help the convicts escape. Retired now, Chi-Chi says he believes the men who escaped from Alcatraz were on that boat. Breezy told the Whiteners a story about bumping into John Anglin in a bar in Rio de Janeiro. The pair of criminals then invited Breezy to the farm where they supposedly owned and asked them to take pictures of their new surroundings. The Whiteners said in a documentary they believe that their uncles wanted Breezy to take all the photos and give them to the family in a bid to reassure them that they are still alive and well. Breezy, who smuggled drugs from South America to Central 
Central Florida in the 1970s is believed to have finally delivered the picture to the family in 1992. Breezy recalled how the trio went down to a lake near the farm, attached a rope to a rudder, and then body surfed to the water. Before the escape, Mafia man Whitey Bulger gave them some advice. He taught them that when you disappear, you have to cut all ties. Ken said, he told me in a letter, this is the mistake that I made. He told me these brothers undoubtedly had done exactly what I told them to do. Rothko, the Irish creative agency owned by Accenture Interactive, teamed up with AI specialists to identify and analyze a picture of the two escapees and have for the first time confirmed their identities. The proof. The declassified FBI document addressed to J. Edgar Hoover from January 20th, 1965, which proves that Hoover was told of the Alcatraz escapee Clarence Anglin may be living in Rio de Janeiro three years after his daring escape. Declassified FBI files uncovered by the Daily Mail Online revealed that the Bureau was told that Anglin could be hiding in Brazil in 1965, ten years before Breezy took the photograph. The redacted files revealed the U.S. authorities were working on intelligence that at least one of the brothers, Clarence, was living in Rio. The potential sighting, 50 years ago, sent directly to the Bureau's then-director J. Edgar Hoover from the legal attaché, was considered so significant that agents were dispatched to South America to find them. The United States Marshal, who took over the investigation after the FBI closed the case, supposedly received a sighting of one of the Anglin brothers by a barman in Rio. The Brazil tip-off was just a flurry of possible sightings of the notorious pair across the state in the weeks, months, and years after their escape that the FBI was forced to follow up. But the on every possible lead went cold. The U.S. Marshals, who had been searching for Alcatraz escapees for 53 years, only close a case if the suspect is arrested, they have proof of death, or they reach the age of 99. A deathbed confession suggests the men on the boat took the escapees all the way to a place near Seattle in the boat, and it wasn't long after the escape that the accomplices betrayed the Anglins and Frank Morris. Special thanks to DailyMail.co.uk, to BrainSharpener.com, to the New York Post, CBS News, Joe.co.uk, the FBI.gov, Channel 5, KPIX. Will the case of the Alcatraz escape ever be solved, or will it continue to be a mystery for the aftermath? I'm your host, Daniel Hudson. See you next time. <music>